when we do fall short, when we do sin, then what the enemy tries to do is come in and say, you've sinned. You're a sinner. How can you talk to God? Who do you think you are? You're listening to From Glory to Glory Ministries with Tina Howard, bringing you the uncompromised Word of God to mature the body of Christ with revelation and power. Get ready to walk in victory in every facet of life. Join today as we learn and grow together in the knowledge of God so we can go from glory to glory together. Here's your host, Tina Howard. What we are talking about this whole year is very, very instrumental in our walk with God and where we are just in the times. Because we know Jesus is coming back soon and we need to occupy till he comes, right? That is our overarching theme for the year. So we're continuing that study today with know your enemy. We're going to look at the tricks that he uses and we're going to look at what our defenses are in this battle. Now, the one thing that we must remember is if we're going to be militant for God, if we're going to go out and be violent against the enemy and we're going to take the land and occupy and do all those things, well, you better figure that the enemy is not exactly pleased with that. You're a target. You are a target. So, we have to recognize that and know that what our enemy does so that we can be aware of what he is trying to do to stop us to so that we don't fulfill God's plan and we aren't militant. You know, he can just make us lay down on the floor somewhere and but that's not God's plan and that's I want us to be aware and to know what's going on. So we are going to look at some scriptures. I mean Seriously, look at my Bible. See all these? <laughs> we have a lot of scriptures to cover today. And this is just part one of this lesson because there are so many things I want to look at. So first of all, I want you to know that you fight from a position of victory, not for victory. Again, you, you fight from a position of victory, not for victory. So the first scripture we're going to go to is... 1 John 5, 4 through 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Are you born of God? Then you are an overcomer. You fight from a position of victory, not for victory. Amen? So I have a few scriptures that we're going to look at under this. The next one is Romans 8, verse 37. And it says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So see, we start out as a conqueror, more than a conqueror. We fight from a position of victory. Another one I want to look at is Colossians 2.15. It says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. This is talking about when Jesus went to hell after he died on the cross. He went to hell and he got the keys of life and death from the enemy. And right then is when he had victory over him. And it says right here that he disarmed the principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them. So the enemy is really powerless, but we have to be on the alert. Amen? So one more, and that's Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. 
But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay, so here again we're talking about we fight from a position of victory. See, we have been positioned in heavenly places sitting at the right hand of Jesus. So you've got God the Father, and then to his right you have Jesus, and then to his right you have the body of Christ, the believers. So if you are a believer in Jesus, that's where you are positioned. You are seated above the enemy. You are seated above all these circumstances. But the enemy doesn't want you to know that, right? He wants... He hopes that you don't ever find out how much authority you have and where you are seated and how much victory you already walk in or should walk in if you realize and know it. He's afraid of you finding out. So I'm going to help you find out. Amen. If you don't already know or if you maybe have forgotten about it, you're not walking in it, then we're going to have a refresher course today so that you can be aware of where you sit and the victory that you fight from. Amen? Then I want to look at 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. And I'm going to read a part of this in the Amplified Classic. It says, Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, see, we have an enemy. That enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize and devour. Verse 9 says, Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So we have an enemy, and he is looking for us to not be self-controlled, to not be vigilant, to not be looking and aware of what's going on around us, not to be aware of his tricks that he tries to pull against us. He, he doesn't. He's looking for the Christian that's at the back of the pack. He's looking for the one that isolates himself, that doesn't go to church because, well, you know, there's COVID there, or, you know, well, they said we can't go to church. Or they've hurt me and they've done all kinds of stuff and, and, you know, all the excuses that people make. But that's the devil. That's who the devil's looking for is the ones that are at the back of the pack. The ones that, that aren't fellowshipping with other Christians and encouraging one another as the Bible tells us. I encourage you to go to church. If you are not going to church, you are not strong. You are being devoured by the enemy, and you need to be in church. So I'm asking you to come to church. We need to be alert, and we need to be self-controlled. Amen? And because the, the enemy's out there. But you know something else is we have to be informed. Now, of course, you get informed when you go to church, when you study, when you watch videos like this. You become informed. But the enemy doesn't want you to be informed. And I'm going to look at Hosea 4, 6. It says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. The enemy does not want us to be informed. We're destroyed because we lack knowledge. We need knowledge about who our enemy is. You know, he doesn't want us to know about him. He wants to be covert 
and that we would be totally unaware and that he can just devour us and then we are just laying on the sidelines when God wants us fighting in the battle. And that's where we have to be if we're going to occupy the land. We've got to be right in the middle of the battlefield doing whatever it is that God has asked us to do. Amen. So I want to look at some of the characteristics of the enemy and him being an enemy. You know, you have to know your enemy. You have to know how your enemy works. Um, we really like football, and of course they aren't enemies, but if your team is playing another team, the opponent, then they're going to watch tapes. They're going to, they know the moves that they have. They know the tricks. They know the the plays that they have, they know their best players and their weak, weaker players. They know all that stuff. So they have already, they know their enemy. They know their opponent. And it's no different for us. We have to know our opponent. And so I want to look at three of his tricks, weapons, and we're going to look at some more again next week. So the first one I want to look at is deceit, trickery, and doubt God's word and love. And that's what the enemy does. And I'm going to show you some examples of that. If we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 and 14, it says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. And that means that he's going to tell you lies. He's going to deceive you. An angel of light is going to do his best to trick you, deceive you, tell you not to give you truths about God's word. That's what the enemy is going to do. And you know, he uses people. We just saw that right here. There's false teachers out there that are lying about God's word. That they are, they are putting verses together that don't belong together, taking things out of context, totally taking some things out of the Bible, saying that, that we don't need that, that's not relevant. Well, that's not true. If it's in God's Word, it's, in, it's God's Word. And so we take it as it is. Amen? So the enemy used, uses deceit, and he uses trickery, and, to, and causes people to doubt. The first case of this doubt was in Genesis chapter 3. And the enemy came to Adam, well, to Eve, although Adam was right there, in chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3. It says, now the serpent was more cunning. Now, we know the serpent is our enemy. That's Satan. And cunning means that you achieve your goal or your end desire by deception. And that's what he does. He's more, more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat? of every tree of the garden. So he's he is causing doubt to enter into her thoughts. She didn't doubt before, but now did God really say? And so that's how the enemy works. He introduces doubt. And then if we look at verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The enemy uses this trick that God is mad at me. And because God is mad at me, then I have to hide. We all sin. You know, the Bible tells us that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you say you haven't sinned, you make God a liar. And so we don't want to do that. We, we all sin. But we have 
We accept Jesus into our heart and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Amen. When we do fall short, when we do sin, then what the enemy tries to do is come in and say, you've sinned. You're a sinner. How can you talk to God? Who do you think you are? You're not going to be able to do any of that stuff. You sinned. You did such and such. You kicked the cat. You know, you yelled at that driver. You did whatever it is you did. And so then what do you do? You run from the presence of God. Trick of the enemy. When that's not the way God is at all. His arms are always extended. His heart is always open towards us. All we have to do is come to him and say, God, I sinned. What I did was wrong. I kicked the cat. I know that's not the right thing for me to do. I'm, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. What does he do? He washes you clean and he says, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that you are my child. And let's the fellowship the, you know, the relationship is still there. The enemy doesn't want you to know that, but the fellowship is restored because we repent. Amen? So another trick of the enemy is to ridicule in Nehemiah, you know, where they were building the wall around Israel. And Sanballat, who is like a type of the enemy, he said in chapter 2, verse 19, but when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the, the Arab heard of it, they laughed that they're going to build the wall. They laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them. Now look at that. Answered. This is Nehemiah. He answered the devil. He, Sanballat. He answered his opponent. He said, he, so I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us, and therefore we his servants will arise and build, but you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. So he answered the enemy. Yes, the enemy comes at us and with his tricks, his, his deceit, his lies. He tries to get us to run from God instead of running to God. And then he will come and ridicule us, laugh at what we think we can do. But what do we have to do? Talk to him. A devil in the name of Jesus, you don't have any authority here. That's what Nehemiah told him. You don't have any authority here. You have no heritage here. And we're going to do exactly what God told us to do. <laughs> I like that. So Nehemiah 4, here again, they are being ridiculed by the enemy. So Sanballat heard again that they are building the wall and they were very indignant and they mocked the Jews. And and they said before his brethren, what are these feeble Jews doing? You're mocking them. You're, you're going to build a wall? Mm-hmm. Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Whatever they build, if even a fox goes upon it, he will break down their stone wall. Boy, he is really bringing on the ridicule here. Whatever you do, it's not going to prosper. Who do you think you are? So this was their answer. Hear, O oh, our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads <laughs> and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have pro provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. Amen. So the enemy came in, ridiculed, laughed at them, mocked their work. And what did they do? They prayed to their God and then they built the wall. 
And that's what we have to do. When the enemy comes at us and tells us, laughs at us and tells us we can't do it, what do we do? We talk to him. We say no in the name of Jesus. And then what do we do? We pray to our God. God, I thank you what you said. You are a faithful God and it will, you, you will cause it to come to pass. And then we go to work and we do. We go occupy the land. We do whatever it is that God has told us to do because God is faithful. Amen. Amen. That is so good. I hope that you are stirred in your inner man from just what Nehemiah did and the builders there. I, they were very courageous. I appreciate that they were very militant. Yes, I appreciate that very much. So, you know, the enemy, he has purpose in all this trickery and all of his character that he, that he has, this cunning. He has purpose in that. The number one thing, his primary goal is that you will turn from God, that you will turn from God. Romans 12, uh, 2, we looked at Romans 12 last week, and Romans 12, verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The enemy does not want you to know what the perfect will of God is. So he comes and he mocks you and he uh, laughs at you and he throws up your past to you and he uses deceit and trickery and makes you want think that you have to be afraid of God and, and run from God because he doesn't want you to to fulfill your purpose, to turn from God. And then the second thing that he does is that he wants your testimony to be ineffective, that when you go out and try to occupy the land and that you would give someone your testimony and say, well, you know, this is what God did for me. God delivered me from chocolate. God saved my soul. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. You know, God called me to be a teacher. All these things. Then when I go out and I minister to that, he wants what I say to be ineffective, that there's no anointing on it. And of course, if I believe the tricks of the enemy, they will, then that anointing, I won't believe in my testimony. I won't believe in what God has called me to do. And so I won't fulfill God's purpose for my life. And that's the purpose of his trickery and deceit. Don't let him do that to you. Amen. Don't let him do that to you. So what is our defense? Well, we looked at a couple in Nehemiah, which I really like those. And a couple of the things that we're going to look at is our defense is in God's word and in the armor. And we are going to look at the armor more in depth in a couple of weeks. And we'll spend a couple of weeks on the whole armor because there's a lot to cover. But I want to look at Matthew 4 and what Jesus did when he was tempted. You know, the enemy came to him and he presented some some temptation. And it was a temptation. You know, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to fall prey to the temptation, to follow through. Because when you do that, it is sin. The Bible tells us, and that's death. But Jesus was tempted so that the enemy can present his trickery to you and it can tempt you. But if you will rise up and not fall for it, you won't sin. Amen. And you won't fall and be and be a victim of the enemy. But in Matthew 4, the enemy came to Jesus and he said, if you are the son of God, see, he was presenting doubt. If you are, then turn these stones into bread. Jesus was hungry. 40 days he hadn't eaten. He was hungry. But Jesus said, it is written 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every rhema, what has God told you to do, that's your bread. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the enemy came with his trickery, tried to manipulate the word of God to what? To his liking. You remember in Genesis 3 verse 1, he's the most cunning. So he has an end in mind and it's to take us down. It's to take Jesus down if he could have, but he couldn't do it because Jesus was smarter than the devil, and he used God's word, an anointed utterance from God's mouth. He used that as his defense, and it worked. So the enemy tries again, and he says this time, he says, he asks him to jump. He takes him up to a high place, the pinnacle, and says, you know, if you are who you say you are, then jump. And because he quotes a scripture that if you, let me read it correctly here. He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So the enemy was trying to use God's word against Jesus to trick him to jump down from the pinnacle. Gravity is gravity, and it works regardless of who you are. It works. And so the, so Jesus realizes and knows the word of God, and so he quotes back scripture to him. So then what does the enemy do? He takes him up and shows him all of the kingdoms, and he says, I'll give this to you if you bow down. And what does Jesus say? Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So the enemy came unto him three times with temptation, and every time Jesus came back at him with the Word of God. The Word of God is our defense. But that means you have to know the Word of God. You have to study the Word of God. You have to know because the enemy is going to present some half-truths to you. Deceit is out there in the world. It's out there. It's in some churches, unfortunately. Words are being taken out of the Bible. You're being told, there's a scripture that in the Old Testament, it says that they will call those things which are good, bad, and those things that are bad or evil, they will call them good. And if we don't see that today, we do. You know, it's okay to have an abortion. It's okay for homosexuality, according to the world. It's okay to not know your gender, but that's not what the Word of God says at all. There are two genders, and there's only male and female, and that's God created that. There's only one marriage that is lawful, and that is between one man and one woman. That is lawful, and that's according to God's word. Abortion is wrong. To murder is wrong. That is against God. To kill an innocent baby in the mother's womb, that is wrong. It is against God. It is sin. It's against God. So what the world calls good is evil. And that is, that's just the way the world is. So there is deceit out there in the world. And you have to study to know God's word, to know what truth is. You have to go to a good church that will teach you the true, unadulterated word of God. So that you can know truth. So that you can have your mind renewed, Romans 12, 2. So that you are not conformed to the way the world is. If you are going to be militant and you're going to occupy the land, you have to know what the truth is so that you can help the people in the world see what the truth is. If you don't know truth, then you're going to lead them into the ditch. We have to know truth so we can walk in truth and lead other people into truth. Amen? Amen. That was some good preaching there. That was good preaching. 
So we have to know the Word of God. We have to know it. And we will look at the, the armor of God that protects us and keeps us. We will look at that later. But one other verse I'm going to look at right here is John 14, 26. It says, and this is Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit when he was going to be poured out and what his jobs were, if you will. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. So sometimes when you're right in the midst of a temptation, Holy Spirit is going to bring a scripture to your remembrance. That's what happened to Jesus. It was The scripture was brought back to his remembrance. The, what he quoted was from Deuteronomy. It's Bible. And so it was brought back to his remembrance. He used it as a weapon against the enemy. We have to know the word of God, memorize it, know the word of God, so Holy Spirit has something to bring back to our remembrance. Amen? And when we do that, then we are going to have victory. Now, you have to have homework, right? So I want to go back and look at 1 Peter. And we're just going to look at that and just ask a few questions. Are we on guard? Because it says that to be well-balanced, temperate, sober of mind, vigilant, cautious at all times, that enemy of ours, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. So are we on our guard? Are we aware of what the enemy is doing around us? Are we aware of our thoughts? Are we aware of what we're listening to? Is it truth? Does it line up with the Word of God? How do I know? Get your Bible out and find out. Don't let just somebody tell you what the Word of God is. You find out. When they say, turn to Matthew 6, turn to Matthew 6 and find out. Amen. So, I'll tell you that right now. Turn to Matthew 6 in your Bible. And we'll look at this. And it says in verse 25, in the King James Version, it says, Therefore I say to you, take no thought, saying... Take no thought. So the enemy is going to come to you with thoughts. That's the way he works, with thoughts of, of deceit, of mocking you, of making you afraid of God, running from God. But take no thought. If it doesn't line up with the God, word of God, then don't take it. You know, the enemy has all kinds of thoughts. I mean, you have a thousands of thoughts per day, and you've got to evaluate them. They have to go through the sieve, if you will, of God's Word. Does it line up with God's Word? If it doesn't, then we, we, we cast it out. Like 2 Corinthians 10 says, we cast it out. It's not a part of us. We have to cast down those thoughts. Now, another thing we have to remember about this is that we are in a war. We, we won the victory, but still there are skirmishes. There, the enemy doesn't want us to realize who we are in Christ, that we're fighting from a position of victory. He doesn't want us to know that. And we have to, like it says in Matthew 11, that we have to take the kingdom of heaven. It, it suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So I'm not just going to be able to just mamby-pamby through this life. It's not going to be tiptoe through the tulips. No, it's not. It's a rose garden with thorns and beautiful flowers. The enemy is out there. He is out there. And we have to know the Word of God so that we can understand who He is and we can fight against Him with the Word of God. Amen. I've given you a lot of scripture today, and I know it's been a longer lesson than usual. That's why it's only <laughs> part one. 
but there's a lot of valuable information and anointing and revelation in this in this lesson if you will take it and do it. Amen. So I've given you homework and I know you're going to do it. Amen. God, I ask you to minister grace and mercy to your people that truly we will occupy the land. We will be violent against our flesh and violent against our enemy. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking your word to us and helping us all every day, helping us that we are victorious and then we will walk and live and everything we do from that position of victory. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And I'll see you again next week on From Glory to Glory Ministries with Tina Howard. Let's learn together. Let's grow together. Let's go from glory to glory together. Thank you for listening to From Glory to Glory Ministries today. We really appreciate your support of this podcast. Help us spread the truth of God's word by leaving us a review and sharing it with other believers who are hungry for more of God's word. Until next time, we encourage you to abide in his word and he will abide in you, taking you from glory to glory in Jesus' name.